Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Chloe, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. It's so cool. And we were just having a chat before how I said like I had no questions planned for you and I just really just wanted to have a conversation, um, which is exciting. So before we kind of get into anything else for anyone listening, can you just tell us a little bit about you, who you are and what you do? This is so exciting. I feel like every time someone asks me to introduce myself, I change it. (laughs) But essentially, my name is Chloe Bromage. Um, I am 23. I own an online personal training company known as Health and then I also do online business mentoring too, which is really cool. So I have a very big passion for helping females unlock their inner confidence. So that's kind of where the PT business started. And now it's kind of just bled into and been transferable into my business as well. And I, I love that. And I feel like that confidence piece is just something that's so embodied for you as well. And I was thinking earlier where I was like, where do I want to go with the podcast? And I was like, there's so many different like topics and, and ways we could go. I'm like, we could chat about money. We could chat about relationship. We could chat about business. Like there's so many things. And then with that, I had this realization with a lot of people, like it is very niche. Like you could interview someone and you're like I know we're going to talk about sexuality or I know we're going to talk about business or I know we're going to talk about that and I was like oh I wonder what the piece is of why with you I feel like there's so many different things that we could actually have a conversation about so I then sat with it and I was like okay well what's the trending theme then like what's coming through all of those things of why I feel all of those would be powerful conversations and something that I landed in is I feel like you are a risk taker and I feel like you're incredibly courageous in a lot of different areas in your life and as a result all of those areas have really elevated and amplified and you continue to grow in all of them across the board which is really cool so I wanted to just open up a conversation about risk-taking and you you will know that's something that's been a big theme for you in your life so even just some of the experiences you've had where you feel that you've had to take big risks or you've chosen to take big risks and how they've paid off for you mm, I feel like honestly I have been a risk-taker since I was like a little person so like the the first core memory I have for my seventh birthday I got a skateboard (laughs) and my mum in the six week school holidays paid for me to go to skateboarding lessons and I'm like this is I was in my Avril Lavigne era I was like this is a vibe I get there and I'm the only girl I I vividly remember sitting in the car with my mom just going I can't get out I can't get out I can't do it and she's like okay you don't have to but I think you know you want to and I just I like vividly can like still feel that in my body of like this is something I want to do And even though I'm scared, I'm going to go and do it. And so for me, I think that discomfort and that feeling of like, oh, this is scary right now, but it's going to pay off later is something that I've just been very comfortable at actually sitting in. So from a very, very young person, it's been, I don't want to say easy because people often think then that it is as easy as that. But for me, it's just been about like, if I actually want something in my life, then the risk is the reward. Mm. And I want big things. And I have always been a big dreamer and a big thinker. So it starts with small things like that. I think the other thing that I can think of was traveling by myself. I did overseas travel. I've been to Japan. I've been to Europe and I've done an America trip as well. And in that, it requires you to take a lot of risks. It's going places you don't know. It's having conversations with people that you don't know. It's putting yourself in situations that aren't comfortable for you. And that has always allowed me then to grow as a person. And I think when we do that, it's allowed me to just get in touch with myself so much quicker. And like you say, then the evolution of everything in my life has just been quite quick because I've been like, okay, cool. I can actually do this. So yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's so cool. And something that you said in that is like, you know, you don't want to say that it's been necessarily easy. Mm. And that I feel can be a projection from a lot of people where they can see someone doing things like that. Like I even know that, you know, you moved out of home and, and moved states at a very young age and things like that and, and lived, you know, um, independently and things like that, which a lot of people would be like, oh, well, that's easy for her, but I can't. Like I can't leave my family home. I can't move out yet. I can't move states. Like, and that applies to anything. I can't start the business. I can't do XYZ. What do you feel for a lot of people is the reason that they struggle to, you know, take risks and things like that? Do you think that it's a comfortability piece or do you think it's like something within their awareness that they just don't see that within themselves? I think for a lot of people, it's self-trust. I think uh, one thing that I've always been very grateful for is I've always had the ability to trust that I'll be okay no matter what happens. And that's the basis of self-confidence, right? Like we were talking about before. So I think for a lot of people, they grow up always. And I know that independence can be swung completely the other way, but they've grown up being so dependent on other people that they actually don't know what they would be like if they even tried to step out of their comfort zone. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm just not going to try at all. And so for me, like using that skateboarding example, it's like, okay, I had those little glimpses as a young person, even though my mum was there to support me even though you know yeah moving out of home I knew that I could go back realistically but there was a part of me that was like oh I have to trust myself so having the basis of that I don't think a lot of people have their entire life and therefore it's why they actually can't take risks and be uncomfortable Mm, what do you feel are some of the things that you currently have in your life that you just love adore are grateful for that you feel that you potentially wouldn't have that had you not taken a risk or being courageous you know what? I literally want to say my whole life. <laughs> like I think even just having the opportunities that I've had since moving to the Gold Coast, meeting my partner, meeting my friends, creating my job without actually moving even at 18, even though I didn't know that any of this is what I wanted to do, I wouldn't have any of it mm-hmm. because again, like I said, that was almost the catalyst for me leaning into taking greater risks. And so I think, yeah, and probably being in the financial position that I'm in is something that I think is the biggest thing because being able to now be generous with my friends and family and support my family when I can and also support myself. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm grateful for because the financial side of things, it gives you freedom. It gives you choice. And like, that's all I think we really want, right? Absolutely. And even in all of that, how quickly you've been able to grow as a result of, you know, the decisions you've made. And that's really all it comes down to is like decision after decision after decision. It's like our life is just an accumulation of good or bad decisions, really. Mm. And with that, I would be really, really curious to know, how do you feel that other people have held you in your personal growth in the speed at which you've grown and things like that has there been anything for you where you've really had to navigate things whether it be an intimate relationship friendships or even just stuff that you've had to hold from projections and stuff from other people as you've grown Mm, I think obviously thanking you for one part of that I think you've been a very big anchor for me in that and what's so funny is yeah I don't think I really knew how quickly I was growing because I've been a quick decision maker my whole life until people started to not fall off but there was judgment there was comments that were made there was things that were said that I'm like oh is what I'm doing wrong okay what does this say about me and then again that's where the self-confidence falls off so I think for me a lot of people look at the friendships that I have with my close friends now and assume that it's always been like that and for me I've a lot of the time felt like an outsider because people just didn't get me or they didn't want to understand so it was a lot of projections of it's just easy for her she's just lucky she just fell into it it's because she's attractive or whatever um the other side of that too would probably be romantic relationships I have always intimidated up until the one that I've had now uh, a lot of men 
because it's like the minute that you are comfortable in who you are, comfortable in what you have to say and in your ability to make money and run a business and things like that, it, it often intimidates a lot of people. So there was a part where I was almost felt like I was pushing a lot of people away and having to hold all of that and thinking, oh, what have I done wrong? What is it about me? And so I think a lot of people, like you say, can think that when you look at people that are quote unquote successful in whatever area, you know, you want to say they're successful in, it looks like it's easy, but you also don't know what they've had to hold and things like that as well. So I think other than obviously you, the true friends that I have now, my closest friends, like they have been such an anchor for me and just like celebrating me, even if they don't understand, Mm -hmm. but then also myself learning to be my own anchor and learning to be my own expander has been really huge too. Mm, It's so cool. And I just feel like I love how much you've just been able to grow and evolve. And I know a huge part of that has been, you've taken responsibility for deepening a lot of those like relationships and connections and, you know, lent in and spoke your needs or, you know, had some pretty hard conversations and things like that, which I would love to open up a conversation around, but also equally from the outside, it can very much look like coming back to the easy conversation again, where it's like, okay, you've got the relationship, you're making good money, you're making bank, you're like beautiful, you've got the friends, you've like, everything's really easy for you. And growth and what a lot of people don't realize, especially I'm going to say in business, but in life in general, when you're going through like personal development, when you're growing, when you're making more money, there are blocks that you have to work through in order to get to new levels. And a huge part of that can be projections from other people, people misunderstanding you and things like that and stuff that you have to hold, which if you haven't been through it, it's very, very hard to somewhat understand. But Mm. then when you have, it's like you don't just keep being able to make more money and keep growing as a person without actually having to work through things at each level, whether it's like, again, like people assuming that you're greedy or you're this or whatever the story is. What are some projections you feel, whether they were conscious, unconscious, spoken, or you could just feel it, um, whether it was from someone close to you or a total stranger, what are some of the things that you feel that you've had to work through internally and on a personal level in order for you to keep growing at the rate you have yeah for me I think it's the misunderstood piece which you know that was huge I was like people can't misunderstand me I'm still relatable that was something that yeah I still feel like I'd be lying if I said it didn't rear its head every now and again and and it's something that comes up which is totally fine Um, and then the other side would be definitely the money side of things and it's so funny because it doesn't you know, attack me like it used to, but even I'm doing a Voxer broadcast at the moment and someone literally asked a question yesterday that was like, um, do you feel like a money grabber? Constantly looking for more and more and more. And what was really cool, I was just able to acknowledge my own growth in that because like, you know, six months ago, I would have fallen apart if someone said or assumed that I was a money grabber, Mm. right? But what's so cool is it's like, I know I'm not. I've done a lot of work on a personal level to be able to stand true in my beliefs and what I do. So it was actually fine. But I would say, yeah, probably the projection of of being greedy and, and not not being generous even though when it's so funny I'm actually one of the most generous people I know yeah you are yeah and it's like oh and so I remember when that first came up I was like oh fuck that hurts like I'm not doing enough or I'm not and again I I made it about me so again even though it's not about me um and then the other one is a lot of judgment weirdly enough like around my personality and around my high energy like that uh, offends a lot of people so I think even for me like that was almost a projection of the the too much piece and therefore then being misunderstood mm. and we've had conversations around this as well in terms of projections around your high energy and things like that and, and I would be totally if you're open to you just sharing like a bit of your experience with holding that yeah absolutely so the majority of the time it's always men which I find very very funny uh, and it's always people speaking to the fact that I must do drugs before and it's always a podcast which is really funny <laughs> we're on a podcast now but it's always podcasts it's always when I'm speaking and what's so funny is like I don't know any different 
Mm. So it's like, this is just who I am, whether you see me at 6am, right, 5pm, whatever. So for me, a lot of that was, it challenged me a lot because this whole idea that I do drugs was already something that I had to battle because people closest to me in my life had done drugs as well. Mm. And that was something that I really, really didn't like and tried to remove myself from. So it was almost a bit of initiation for me to be like, hey, it's all good. You can still be you and, and hold this. But I think what I know now is like, I actually wouldn't be the person that I am and have had the growth that I had without comments like that. Because I don't know one person that has been successful, whether that be career-wise, financially, family, whatever, that hasn't held some sort of projection and been able to continue to grow. And it's so cool because I feel like so many people in that and and what I know is it hasn't just been a one-off situation. It's been you've held this at multiple times. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. And and as I said to you, if anyone tells you that you talk too fast, you can tell them that I listen to you on two times speed. I don't even I don't think I can understand myself on two times speed. <laughs> I can, I've got you. Um, but what's so cool to hear in this is I feel like so many people in any situation, whatever the thing was, and we'll just use your high energy as an example, but it doesn't matter. If there was a repetitive theme where they were constantly, you know, um, criticized or, um, you know, some, some part of them was made fun of and it was always the same thing. Like, Mm. I feel like it's different when it's like, you're stupid, you're this, you talk too far and it changes. But when it's like a repetitive thing, I feel like so many people in that situation would have watered themselves down. Yeah. And they would have been gone into a hypervigilance of like, oh, okay, do I need to be more fucking grounded and relax and chill and talk Mm. slower? Like, do do I need to be that version of myself? And you haven't done that. No. Like, you've always maintained, like, even when it's been like, fuck, that hurts or that wasn't very nice. You've allowed yourself to continue to actually just express yourself yeah. how it feels so organic to you. What's that kind of experience been like? Have you ever had moments of being like, oh, should I change myself? Or have you always just been like, that hurts, but no, nah, I'm good. I feel like majority of the time it's like it hurts, but I'm good because for me, it's also like I'm the oldest of six children. So I think for me, being a leader has always been like, well, I can't stand here and preach all these sorts of things if I'm going to let some guy named Mark125 criticize the way that I speak for God's sake. Like, you know, but there's a part where like, I think I didn't let, and I've spoken to you about this, but I didn't let it hurt. Mm -hmm. So there's a part where I almost had to jump over that hurdle of like, I'm allowed to let it hurt, but it's not allowed to stop me in my tracks. And I think because I know my purpose and I know my mission and I know the impact that I want to make, that's always going to be greater than what some random person on the internet has to say. Mm -hmm. And I think it may be different. And that's me being honest that if it was someone really close to me, then it might have been different. But because it's always been strangers, I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean shit. <laughs> yeah, you do you kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we started working together, which was, I don't even know how long ago that was now. It feels like ages ago. It does. You had a very, very different relationship with money than what you have now. And I would love to just open up your... <laughs> I'm just laughing even thinking about it. I would love to just open up your experience with your relationship with money. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it literally feels like 500 years ago that we've known each other, but also five minutes. Like, yeah. And to think about that version of me, like it's wild. So there was a time when, yeah, I grew up in, and again, I don't love to crutch on the story. I used to, it was a really good victim story for me, but I had a single mom majority of my life. So money was always scarce. It was the devil. It was evil. It was like, that's wrong. And it makes people stressed. So my attachment to money was like, 
always just this like hypervigilance to like, I'm never going to have enough. And, and so I was a bit of a money hoarder. No matter what I saved, I hoarded it. Um, I couldn't even buy things like socks and undies without having like from Kmart, like $2 socks. And I would panic. I, yeah, the thought of money was honestly made me sick. And even speaking about it, like even I think you asked me like in your application form of like how much I earn. And I feel like I couldn't even, I can't admit how much I earn. Like it was just not something that was spoken about for me. And so I think my journey with money has been probably one of my biggest journeys because I've gone from like, and I joked yesterday that like I paid my bass in full straight away, whatever, like a month early, I couldn't even spend $18. And then I've just dropped 18 K without thinking, yeah. you know, things like, so it's, it's been a wild, it was been a wild ride. It's just so cool. And like, I feel like for you, it's been interesting because you obviously run two companies and you were already making incredible money when we started working together. And now like, you're just making fucking phenomenal coin, but I would be really curious to know, Because I feel like there could potentially be entrepreneurs out there that never work on on money mindset and things like that. And like, I'm sure they exist, but I would be curious to hear your perspective. What do you think would be different in your business or your life, how you feel internally or your external world, if you had have kept going without actually focusing on healing your relationship with money and your money mindset? Yeah, I feel like everything would be different. I would be so stressed still. Like the idea of like even my uh, my relationship to productivity and like the hustle was like I need to be chained to my desk all the time in order to make money. So I feel like that would be different. I think that I still would have done well. I'm someone that like no matter what I would have done, whether it was like working at Woolworths, I would have given 150%. So I think it still would have gone great. But I think for me, it was the self-worth thing. It was actually deciding, hey, like I'm someone that is allowed to have money and I'm allowed to have a lot of money and I'm allowed to desire it and the conversations around it so for me it was definitely a self-worth piece and I think you're right like I think a lot of people can make money from an unclean space but I don't think a lot of people can hold money and Mm. they can create wealth from it too Mm. what's what I would love to hear your perspective on the difference between creating money and holding money Mm. and again learn all this from you anyway (laughs) (laughs) anyone can create money and anyone can lose money that's really really easy but I think for me what I noticed is I like like Jesse said I was creating good amounts of money per month like I was on over six figures for my first business which was like fucking epic but there was a part where I had this idea that okay cool once I get to this position and I have this money I'm gonna feel completely different and I'm made my first 50k month and I was like why do I feel terrible I, I didn't want it I honestly wanted to put it down my partner wanted to celebrate me um, the other girl that works for me wanted to celebrate me and I was like no I don't want it I would have done everything I could in in my power to let that go because every like fiber of my being felt like I do not deserve this and so for me now learning about my ability to hold money was actually again it's the self-worth I'm allowed to be someone that earns over 50k a month and I actually get to then hold that and use it to make more to create more impact and so I think for a lot of people the whole idea of holding it is they often self-sabotage so whether they hoard it and then they don't know how to spend it therefore they can't accumulate accumulate more or they spend it so therefore they can't hold it as well and it's another form of self-sabotage yeah it's like just like what comes in goes out Mm. or it just like sits there in a pile and you are actually never use it to like reinvest and compound and things like that um what are some of the things that you've done or focused on that have actually allowed you to have a healthier relationship with money my commitment to mentorship for sure like number one because I think that really pushed my edges from the very very beginning and I think you know we all say it but like investing in yourself it's you're always going to be the best ROI it's always because even if your all of your bank account was drained tomorrow if I've got the skills to know how to make money I can make it again and I can continue to move so I think that was probably the actual biggest thing for me but also then like just learning how to uh, reinvest and learning that what does go go out I can have trust that it's going to come back and it's going to continue to grow and I 
think if you don't do the work on that, again, you're never going to grow. It's so interesting. And I actually love this conversation around like when you invest in yourself, the money comes back and things, because I feel that people like a lot of things can take things to extremes, (laughs) literally (laughs) and take things the wrong way. And I see two kinds of people. I see the kind of people that are in this energy of, I'm going to drop this money. It's fucking coming back to me. It's going to compound and it happens. Mm. And they, what they spend, like they get tenfold back. And then I see other people that do the same thing, but the money never comes back. It doesn't return. And I don't know whether this is something that you've observed as well, or it's like, I would be curious to know what's your personal take because I have an opinion on this as well. What's your personal take on the difference between the people where the money comes back and the people where it doesn't? The, the people with the money comes back there, the ones who've got skin in the game and actually take the action. I was literally asked a question in my Voxer broadcast again yesterday that was like, how do I know as a client what I'm going to get in return from spending X amount of dollars? I'm like, I never invested X amount of dollars to get something in return. I invested it because I've got skin in the game because I know I'm worth it and I know I can, but I almost, I need that soft landing pad. I need someone to hold me accountable. And I think if you always go into mentorship or investing in yourself with the idea that you're going to make it back, that's your first red flag because mm. you're most likely not going to make it back because you just think that just spending the money is enough. When has spending the money ever been enough? It's never has. Yeah. Never has. Yeah, I totally agree. And I have the exact same perspective where it's like, I feel with some people, what you said, like, you know that you can. It's like, for me, when I invest in mentorship, it's never from a level of, oh my gosh, I need to invest in a mentor because I don't fucking trust myself and nothing's working and nothing's moving and I need someone outside to fix me. It's always from an energy of, I can drop the money on this because I fucking know that I'll do what's required of me to make it back. So it's those two different energies where one's very, very internal and one's very external, which so interesting yeah absolutely Mm. so speaking on mentorship I would be curious to know and and I my assumption is it has but I know I'm not your first coach I would be curious to know whether you feel that your perspective or even just the way in which you invest in mentorship or how you perceive mentorship the value that you see in it has changed over time since potentially your first coach to how you invest now do you feel that there's been an evolution in the way that you choose to invest and how the value you see in mentorship? 100%. The first mentor that I had or the coach that I had was when I was 19. And that was like one of those things that was like the most extended payment plan you can ever imagine for like a 10K like package. And that was very, and it was with a man. So I don't know if the masculine energy made a difference, but it was very, very like, we're going to teach you this and this and this. And so for me at that time, that was like, okay, cool. It's a one and done. I'm going to pay it. I'm going to finish it. And then I'm never going to need it again. Mm. Whereas now I think, and then even just witnessing like my evolution with you, it's like, it actually just makes sense for the position that I'm in to continue investing because it's like, it's almost like I don't want to have that as a problem. Mm. Like I always want to have it. And people that don't do it, I don't think understand. Like again, even love my mom, but she's like, you spent how much? And I'm like, yeah, but you, if you don't do what you don't understand, it's like, it is a non-negotiable for, non-negotiable for me to have something like that and have someone like that in my corner because it just makes sense for where I'm at in my life. And I, and again, it's like, I don't do it from a place of like, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z out of it. I'm going to do it because it's a, it's a, a, a commitment that I have with myself that in order to get where I want to go, it's just a requirement. Mm, What's the value you feel that you get out of mentorship now in terms of like when you choose to invest or reinvest, like what's the thing where it's like, that's why I'm doing this. That's what feels right about it. I think 
for our relationship because again with the people that I worked with before I didn't reinvest mm. so it didn't I think sometimes like people will try let's say it's one coach or one mentor and then they pull out because it's not a vibe sometimes you have to try things before they fit so I think with you it was so seamless again like there was return but the return in myself I witnessed my own evolution with you but the value is like the connection that we have is just so beautiful mm. like I literally said like this morning I was like how can you like pay someone thousand dollars over the internet and then just to have like a love bubble like this like it's literally the best and the value for me is it's like if I'm going to go and live the life that I want, it, it the value for me is to live my dream life means that I'm going to put everything on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is the value that I hold to it. And I value someone like you to take me there and mm-hmm. hold my hand with me there. So like, it does seem like a forever thing and it, ju- it just makes sense. It's so cool. Like, you know, the thing you said of like having someone hold your hand while you go there. And it's such an interesting conversation because there's some people that can be in mentorship and it can be a very, very codependent energy. And then people, again, talking of the pendulum swinging the other way, they can go into a state of, oh, I, I need to like get out of mentorship now. Otherwise, like I can't trust myself and like I need a not be codependent and like I need to show myself I can it's like a very like creating hyper independence almost mm-hmm. and I think it's really really beautiful when you can land in a level of like I'm not codependent I don't need it but I get to have it it's just an overflow energy and it's a desire like yeah. I actually know that even if after our first three-month container like if I ended and I was like that's it I would have been fine but it's like it's not about that yeah absolutely I'd be curious to know for anyone listening what's your perspective around how to find your mentor like what are your green flags in mentorship or what are the things that you look in order for you to find your person where you can settle with I it's going to be really vague but intuition yeah for me I feel like even with you like if I'm honest I didn't really know what mentorship it was I didn't know what the fucking coaching industry was I was like wow this is this fairy Jesse Williams and like I want a slice of that so for me it was I actually almost like a again a bit of a risk-taking ballsy move because I was like oh I want that but for a lot of people I think you can actually you're allowed to follow someone and then witness them for a little while to decide if it works for you not everybody is comfortable to drop tens of thousand dollars on a mentor and that gets to be okay as well I would be looking and witnessing their relationship to their own clients and things like that and whilst I also don't think you always need to post evidence because realistically you don't post evidence really about your one-on-one clients I actually don't even either promote my one-on-one coaching but there's a part where it's like you actually want to witness the human behind the business too how do they lead their life and I feel like people are getting a lot smarter as well with witnessing people via social media too. Mm. Like it's kind of easy to read people now. And I think like if you actually don't know and if you don't want to drop something straight away on one-on-one, do a masterclass go back and do one of their old courses and things like that, you're probably going to get a very good vibe of how they teach. And whilst, yes, it's different to one-on-one mentorship, you're still going to get the gist and the energy. Mm. Have you ever invested in someone or something and then in hindsight being like, oh, I didn't invest in that in the best place? Or do you feel like all of your investments have been like really good, really clean investments? I feel like they've been good and they've been clean. However, there's investments that I've made that I'm like oh maybe there was an expectation that I had Mm. of how it was gonna go and it maybe didn't play out that way and I think and like you had said to me I think you were like maybe the lesson is in the investment in itself and I actually also think now in hindsight you know when I'm spending x amount of dollars on mentorship then I probably cut myself short in the last investment that I made that I probably like almost went a little bit too low I probably could have invested something a little bit larger I'm talking about a mastermind Mm. and things like that but yeah I feel like for me it's again it's because it's now from overflow it's a choice and it's something that I value so taking a little bit more time to invest and having to think about it gets to be okay too I feel like I don't think there's anything that I've invested in that didn't feel good no 
That's good. Yeah. I feel like for me, the only things have kind of been like what you said, things where I had expectation on them. Mm. And it's been like, and it always has been from a place of me being unconscious that I was expecting something or that person was like, not even going to give me the answer or anything, but it was like that that investment was going to change everything or Mm. move everything for me. And, and there was like not enough of me taking responsibility and things like that. But most of my investments have been really good, which is great. So I would be curious to know, you're obviously in a relationship and a very, very healthy one at that. But that hasn't always necessarily been the case, not necessarily unhealthy, but definitely not having the dynamic that you have now. Mm -hmm. I would be really, really curious to hear about your experience with like dating and relationships and ultimately how that differs to the relationship you have now. If you could tell me four years ago that I would be in the relationship that I'm in now, like I wouldn't have believed you. It's Mm -hmm. wild. I have a hashtag daddy issues as a background. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, my, and I say this with so much love, like my standard for men and what a part actually looked like was honestly on the floor so I pretty much as and it makes me really sad to talk about because I'm like I can't believe I actually let myself go through that however at the same time I actually know I needed to go through it to come out this other side so it's okay so my history was I dated emotionally unavailable people and I 100% played the victim to that it was always why do I always attract the fuck boy why do they always end up ghosting me why does this happen and it's like well if you look at the common denominator Chloe it's actually you so that took me a long time and I think you know there's things like I was cheated on and things like that which I don't wish upon anyone because that's not a choice however I think what I have witnessed was I was searching for someone to fill the hole that I had inside me and as cliche as it sounds I was actually the only one that could do that. And so for me, what got to be really cool and something that I'm really passionate about talking about is like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so for me, everything else in my life was like bang on. My health was really good for majority of it. Um, My relationships with my friends and my family was great, but my dating was just like absolutely shocking. And it wasn't until I got to a point where I remember it was in the span of, I want to say like a month or so, I had just finished off seeing a guy that ghosted me. I had decided that I was going to close off a a family relationship. I was like, that's it, that's done. Um, And then I closed off a few friendships. And isn't it so funny that after that, I met my two best friends, my partner and Brooke, who works for me. And it's like, that was like almost the last chapter that I needed to close in order to unlock this new version for myself. And this is where I really, really understood the power of like, okay, well, if I actually want to attract said partner, I need to become said partner. And I wasn't doing that because I was still playing into victim mentality. I was still playing into chasing and and assuming that I wasn't enough and I was unlovable. And the minute that I actually decided to close off those relationships, that was my commitment to myself. Hey, I actually am enough and I deserve something that's going to come to me. And it's so funny that how quickly that actually happened. Mm, It's so cool. It's like, uh, I see this with friendships all the time where people will be in friendships where it feels like lukewarm and they're kind of like, well, nothing's necessarily wrong or bad, but I'm not feeling satiated or stimulated. And like, we're having conversations I don't want to be having. And it feels really you know, somewhat just leaky Mm. and they crave these other friendships that are more like elevating or expansive or deep and things like that. And they're waiting for that to happen, yet they're still entertaining those other friendships. And it's like, you're expecting to have those friends, but those friends aren't entertaining friendships that are entertaining those friendships. It's like really seeing where it's like sometimes you have to make decisions. And I know for me, I've made choices in ending relationships when I didn't have, um, and I say relationships even in, t- in terms of friendships as well, but I've like ended things before I had the safety net of the new one of like mm-hmm. being able to be willing to, you know, potentially be alone for a period of time. But r- it almost is interesting too because it's not fair to the other people when it's like 
I'm holding on to you until something else better comes along. Yeah. And, and we do that as humans. And so I feel like so much change for me personally, when I saw that pattern in myself and was like, wow, like imagine me knowing that one of my friends was only being my friend until they could find a better friend. And I was like, that's pretty fucked. Yeah. Um, and, and letting that go is where I met like my now best friend and stuff, which is really, really cool. I would also just love to open up the conversation with you and Corey, because obviously you met at a time where you'd been willing to end those old things and, and, you know, be the partner and stuff like that. But I would say something is that's really admirable about you guys is you continue to work on your relationship. So it hasn't been a thing of like, oh, we've got a healthy relationship. We're good to go. Mm. Everything's done and dusted and we're going to be happy days for the rest of our life. So I feel like I would be really curious to open up the conversation. What's some of the things that you find that you and Corey focus on within your relationship that's allowed you to continue to go deeper and build a stronger relationship together? It's again, everyone says it, but it's communication. Everybody loves to go again. It's the, oh my God, you've got it all. I'm like, this relationship has been the most healing, but one of the hardest that I have ever had because it's, it has been that it's been constant work. And you knew it was January of this year and I wanted to throw in the towel. I was done. Mm. I'm like, I actually cannot have another hard conversation. I can, it's easier to go be by myself. I'm done. Like, that's the point that I got to. And, and I'm glad that I didn't because it's, it's been so fucking worth it. But I think for us and probably, you know, hats off to him for always bringing me back in. He's never once allowed me not to be me in a sense that I can be reactive I can I can be over the top I can have a cry but he's like we still need to bring it back in and have a conversation he does not run away and I think having someone like that for me has been so fucking perfect because it's like well, anytime something comes up no matter how small it may be let's just have a conversation about it and it actually gets to be okay and so for me it's like that but also us both actually being committed to being in the relationship because I certainly have been on the other end where I've been really committed but the other person hasn't so us both you know and I think actually relationship check-ins and I don't know if you and Oscar do this but this is one thing that like I actually hated it because he wanted to do it every fucking week and I was like I can't do another one but it was so beneficial because it was just like how are you feeling where are you at what can I do better and I think having him take the lead has now allowed me to actually take the lead in times when he needed it too so it's all the communication all of the commitment but also I think it's taught me a lot of patience as well because it's like we don't just get to change overnight and I think it's really put into perspective and I think I didn't really love to even admit that I'd thought this but I think we do look at people and even probably my pre like assumption of you and Oscar was like oh it just gets to be that easy Mm. it is just so and again that's that easy conversation again but it's like oh it's actually so much more rewarding when you get to grow together because you're both putting in the work Mm. And it's interesting because we kind of had a conversation about the vulnerability piece yesterday, but I feel like that's a huge part of it where people could be like, what do you mean it's hard to be in a perfect relationship? (laughs) What do you mean? And it's like, well, it's hard because it's vulnerable. It's not hard because it's painful. It's a different kind of hard. It it like, you know, and, and it's like so cliche, but it's like pick your hard because you can choose the hard that is fights, arguments, feeling unstimulated, feeling like you're not seeing, potentially being cheated on, like just so much fucking drama and toxicity and all the things. Or you can choose the hard of having incredibly vulnerable conversations, wanting to, you know, have an ego reactivity response and blame or play the victim or the damsel or have whatever response, but actually sit there and go, oh, wow, no, that's my shit. And, and there's so many things in relationships that I think is so uncomfortable that people aren't necessarily willing to to co-create, which is just so cool that you guys have. And something else within your relationship is, for anyone that obviously doesn't know, is your partner, Corey, also runs his own business as well. Yeah. So I would love to know, how has been the experience of being with someone that's also runs their own business? What's that dynamic like for you guys? 
I low-key hated it to start with, like especially because we're in the same sort of industry. So he's also a coach. So it's like we both work from home. We both – and not that there's ever been like a a sense of competitiveness in a sense, but there was almost like I found found that really challenging because weirdly enough, like there was part of me that loved being the only person that I knew that had a business. I was like every relationship I've been in, I'm like, I'm the other person, go me. And then being with him and he was like crushing it and doing all the things. I'm like, oh, this is quite challenging because as you know, being in a relationship is literally just like – someone holding up a mirror and showing you all of your shit. Mm. So it was also like, oh, we're not only navigating like our own relationship, me coming out of a lot of toxic relationships and having to deal with all of that, which felt quite heavy at times, but then also like navigating building businesses and then making quality time for each other. And then we had to set boundaries around. I'm like, we cannot talk about work at dinner. Like I'm not sitting at the dinner table and be like, hey, how was your day? And then we start doing business chat. Like that's not a fucking vibe for me. So yeah, it, it was definitely difficult. I love it now because we have our own time freedom. Like we can go anywhere and we take laptops. Like that is something that I think, one, we've both worked for, but two, like not many people get to do that. So on that side, I'm like, I love it, but it certainly has been an adjustment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so cool. And and I feel like you guys have just, again, it's the communication piece, but this is where it's like anything that comes up is challenging is you'll just open up a conversation mm. around it, which is so awesome. Mm. So I'm going to have a, another question for you, but before I kind of do to, to wrap up, I would just love anyone listening, where can they find you and like what have you got going on at the moment that they could get involved in oh my god I literally wish I had some like really cool link to a website it's literally just my Instagram it's at Chloe Bromage all the things in my link tree are all there um I have a really exciting challenge going on for my fitness business which is really cool we've like that's blown up which has been fucking epic um I have a new mastermind coming out which is really really cool I actually have a wait list for my one-on-one so there is a link to that if anybody wants to jump on that but honestly just just vibing out it's been great yeah there's, <laughs> there's always all the things yeah, moving, which yeah. is really, really cool. So something I would love to ask you because something that you've probably heard me say is let's fucking send it. I'm, I'm always use the language of like, let's send it. So I would love to know what does fully sending it mean to you? Oh my God, I love this. I feel like I need to just sit with it for a second. For me, it's giving myself no option other than to lean in. I think there's so many things in life and, and whether that be because, you know, we work on social media, but because there's so many distractions in life now, there's so much that we can play into. It's not leaning into instant gratification and it's just going like full zoning in on your vision. But whilst also, I think years ago, I would have believed that that meant that I couldn't still live my life. So for me, it's like leaning into the vision, but then also having time for my relationship and my family and to do the things that I love. So I think that's probably what it fully means to me, whilst also giving myself like full permission to just be the greatest that I can. Because I think that's for a lot of people is actually the hard part. It's like, well, what if I actually was my most powerful self? Mm. And that's huge. I love that. What if I actually was my most powerful self? Yeah. It's scary. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today. I've loved having you and I appreciate the coffee and and you also bought me Easter eggs. That's a vibe. (laughs) Why not? I love gifts. (laughs) 